Oh, hey, Greg, take a look what I found. What you got? Well, I found this old, I don't know what it is, old game, rediscovered it uh, in some old box. Man, it's musty and nasty, and it's got some mold on it, too. Yeah, let's see. Let me check it out here. Oh, Jesus criminy. God, that smells like Eric after a weekend of running AL at a con. What? <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome back into the studio, the Grognards. We are celebrating our triumph as we have conquered the COVID and traversed the trials and tribulations of online life. And we're finally back together again. My name's Dean Geiken. I'm Eric Holly, And I'm Greg Ziegler. And we are the Grognards. It's been a yeah, while. We are still the Grognards. <laughs> yeah. We older, probably not any wiser. Yeah, most likely. It has been, I think, it was May of years. 2020. It was so it's it's been two years and one month since we last dropped podcast. Thank you, Greg. I checked. Yes. You can always count on Greg for that. Yep. You that, can. And I mean, I always jokingly used to tell people when they would ask about the podcast, I would say, well. We record in a radio studio, so we have really high sound quality. So even if what we say is total BS, we sound good saying it. I say that myself. And and when COVID hit, we could no longer record in a radio studio. No, we did, what, two or three online? And I it, think just two. It didn't two. sound great. I don't think our enthusiasm was in it. Our heart wasn't in it. And uh, honestly, for me... I had so much extra time, I really didn't want to do a podcast. I wanted to work around the house. <laughs> that also, I started, I shifted to online gaming, mm-hmm. which was an abrupt shift. I had done some online gaming before, but I went totally, and honestly, I didn't have a lot to say about it early on mm-hmm. because I was still jumping into it. What about you, Greg? Did you do much online gaming during I that time? I did almost no online gaming. Uh, our last podcast, we had all... Uh, played a game together, but my uh, Star Wars game switched over to online and that lasted two, three, four sessions. And then a couple of us started actually showing up in person late in the summer and the two people who were uncomfortable with showing up dropped out of the game. Hmm. And because the the whole, the online hookup thing was not, they didn't like it. It wasn't working well for them. So our uh, our already incredibly skimpy Star Wars party went from four players to two. And we played with two players. That's kind of tough. You could do a Mandalorian. Somebody gets to be Baby Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, my, my character is a Mandalorian. The other guy, he's, uh, he's our Han Solo character. And um, we... Uh, we could not really function. We actually, when the campaign, <clears throat> when the other people left, we were in the middle of something. We were off on a space station, trapped with two characters who suddenly had no players to run them. And just, that, in, just include a deadly disease. That, that just, became <laughs> super awkward. We ended, we ended up uh, dragging them along with us. And uh, uh, game uh, Tom, our game master, he's, he's a clever boy, and he knows how to work around this. And he found something for them to do, not around us, that would help. And in the end, and we were fermenting like a, a slave revolt on this space station. And it was just the two of us. And they left. Um, and we decided we couldn't hack it with two and Tom managed to find a third player for us and that's perked it up a little bit, but it's, it's hard to play with three players. Don't wow. yeah. play anything with three players. Yeah. Well, and we're going to catch up with what we have been doing, but we also, Dean, you teased our big announcement on the Grognard page. Yep. On the Facebook page, which oddly is getting a lot of traction in the last yeah. Six to eight I'm months. I'm not sure what Facebook's <laughs> algorithm is, but we don't publish anything in two years, and then all of a sudden we have... We've had more likes in the page. last eight months than I think we've had, you know, in any in, given in time. In the previous yeah. two years, I yeah. Mean, I'm not sure about you guys, but I check my bank account and it doesn't seem to be... <laughs> no. <laughs> but we don't, we don't yeah. make any money doing yeah. this. <laughs> we, we appreciate all the interest and the likes and uh, what we had done before, but it's, uh, it's a little mysterious. Right. Gonna, that's a... Hint to the content of this episode where we're going to talk about influencers. Yep. A little more detail. Which are we influencers? Yeah. (laughs) But first, we want to make our big announcement because given we've been away for two years and things have changed into more detail about influencers, which we're sort of 
sort of stagger around that that area. Mm-hmm. Um, we've decided to change the focus of the podcast. Right. Um, I kind of, as you said, Eric, I kind of hinted at our focus now. Um, we still, well, I still play D&D a bit. I have switched almost totally to board gaming, but one of the things that I have recently discovered is the rediscovery of old games. Is that what we want to talk about now? Yeah, I mean, the name of our podcast is The Grognards, so between us we have a fair amount of experience with the number of game systems we've played, and I've noticed a renewed interest even among new players saying mm-hmm. well what was that game like you yeah right. i'd seen that too you know and and even you know my son him and his friends are always asking me to run a different game from from my past because they they want to know what other systems are like what was it like both now with the newer systems and back in the day and i think that's a a, a niche we can fill and I've noticed that a lot of older systems seem to be getting renewed or popped up, or a lot of old IPs are getting drug out of the closet <laughs> yeah. and uh, freshened up, perhaps. Yeah. So that's going to be our focus uh, for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Our plan is to kind of uh, introduce you to some of those old game systems that we may have played back in the day and whatever those days are, you know, who knows? It could be five years ago. It could be 35 years ago. Yes. And I think our plan is to all get together, play one of the old games together, yeah, rediscover it, so to speak, mm-hmm. and then come into the studio, record an episode. Sounds like a plan. Yep. But as you know, the best laid plans... Go to shit after first contact with the enemy, yeah. especially <laughs> ours. <laughs> and one of the other aspects that's probably going to change is we were pretty adherent to, I believe, a two-week We were really schedule good about that. Because we did do research online. Believe it or not, we actually put time into this, this thing. <laughs> Hard to believe sometimes. <laughs> and it said, well, if you want listeners, you really have to have a regular schedule because otherwise people drift away because they look for a podcast. They don't have one. And I... Not sure about YouTube, but I've. This is a, a vanity project. I don't care if we have listeners. <laughs> so I do it because it's fun. Yeah, great. it is fun, and if we have listeners, that's great. But I don't know if our schedules can support both getting together every two weeks to play a game and then prepping and recording a podcast. No. So we're probably going to go to a monthly. I yeah. think that's that's realistic. It's realistic, but. Maybe not always attainable. So yeah, if there's a couple true. of months in and between, and we might have extra. I mean, yeah. we might. We in the past we did special things with convention wrap ups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those um, are always fun. Yeah, and, um, or uh, things like that. So yeah. it might turn out to be more than monthly. But in terms of our game review, I don't know. We need to come up with a name for what we're doing. Yeah, um, rediscovery. I don't know. We'll figure it out. And you know, the I for me, the podcast is much like actual gaming itself. It's a it's a social experience. I like coming in here and talking about stuff with you guys and uh, sharing with everybody else. That's so. because everybody else he talks to, their eyes glaze over. <laughs> oh, it doesn't even take thirty <laughs> seconds, especially my family. <laughs> so you know, at least we're a captive audience for at least anywhere from forty five minutes. So to an that's hour. our plan. And I have a first game I would like to propose, mm-hmm. which oh, yeah. is an easy one. I have. What I think was one of the first cooperative games out there is an Aliens board game. Oh. Like and from the movie The from Aliens? From the movie. Okay. So the second one, yeah, with, with you know, the, uh, the bug hunt thing. And you all play a handful of Marines, and there's different scenarios, and the aliens attack you. So I believe it was Leading Edge published it. They were the ones that did the role-playing game. Maybe it, maybe it was not. There was a role-playing game. I actually have that uh, book. We'll have the full review. But that's a really fast <laughs> beer and pretzels game. And oh, like awesome. I said, one of the first cooperative games, um, which makes it interesting. Hmm. So I think we should get together. And it works for three players. Um, so we can we can schedule that, and we'll we'll talk about that cool. one. And the best part is the instruction booklet, because it has all the great quotes from the movie. Excellent. Yeah. So. All right, well, that's on the list of things to do. I've got a bunch of older games that I can certainly uh, pull off the shelf and dust off and bring out to the game table. So hopefully that's what we're going to do. We're going to try our best uh, to revive the grognards. Um, We're a little sleepy. We're a little rusty. We're a little 
creaky right now, but we'll get back into it. So um, what else do we want to cover before we move on to? I, I think we're ready to move on. And if I remember, we had some sort of like music that we kicked into. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure we'll find all that again that, in the files that I have saved So up. when you find the music, Dean, which is Games People Play, right. put it here. All right. <laughs> so we have a lot to talk about what we've been doing for the past two years. Yeah. Um, unlike, I'll, I'll go first. Unlike yeah. uh, you two, I did not really do much online gaming. I think the last online, full online game I did was with you two and uh, GM Nancy Hutchins Long, and we did a Are You Mental yeah, online yeah. Game. game, and I think it was a one-off, or was it for like a online convention? I don't re- recall. She had she had set it up for both. She was doing conventions, yeah. but she also had a thing where you could schedule a time on a weeknight, and she was filling those because I did one of those too. Okay. Right. So yeah, I did that with you, uh, you two, and after that, I just it it was fun, but it wasn't quite for me. But I will have to say, I did make some effort with our uh, sometime grognard, Jimmy McGuire. We set up an online cooperative game of Conan, and it was janky as all get out. I had my (laughs) iPad suspended with, like, duct tape and a really bad tripod above the game. Bad Mission Impossible. Right, exactly. (laughs) And I was using my phone for, you know, we just did FaceTime. uh, Facebook Messenger audio. But you both own Conan. Couldn't have you done it like the people who play chess remotely where you mirror each other's moves on your own boards? That's kind of what we did. Oh, okay. He had some of the game, um, not all of it. And now, so what we did is we did it that way. So we had a picture of my board and I would move things around, but he would be looking at the board on his iPad or whatever and oh. say, and that was the only real online gaming I did. Other than that, uh, I, do- uh, I dove real deep into board gaming at that point. And I think uh, my group grew, my online, or not online, my in-house game group grew from like four to 10 and almost every Monday night for those two years that we lost during COVID, we were gaming in my my basement. Nice. So, but uh, one of those things, like I said earlier on, I started pulling off some of those games that I hadn't played in a while. And we'll get into that, um, I think, in future episodes. But I was pulling off rare, not rare, but old games. Like, do you recall Tank Battle from 1975? Um, Milton Bradley, when Milton Bradley went to war, (laughs) they had Carrier Strike. Is that similar to Carrier? I was going to say, is that similar to Carrier Strike? I think it's the uh, that's the land ver that's yeah, and then there was a I had a submarine one too I think yes and subsearch I just played subsearch not oh. that long ago I I've been wanting to play my character carrier strike for a while I, I still have my carrier strike I have a a almost I won't say pristine but very good condition carrier strike game I no, bet my, yours is in pristine condition mine's in, the, the the lid of the box has got a little abuse because you know what maybe around, that's a but. game that we can bring to the table it's one of those uh, games that you can play with four people or three people yeah, or I thought you were going to do two people with that one. No, if you play it right, you can do four. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to have to put together a list, and maybe yeah. we'll get uh, people to vote on what game they want us to play. That would be a cool idea. Yeah. That would be if we Every have it. Every once in a while. If we have I it. Know. Good idea. Yeah, if we have it. So. And if anybody actually listens to this. Exactly. <laughs> Eric will listen to it because it's his vanity project. That, we'll put it on Facebook because apparently that's the way we reach people. I guess so. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So what have you been doing? If you are, are you playing D and D? Are any of you guys playing? Yeah. D&D? So do you want me to go next, or Greg? Uh, I can go next because I mine probably won't last terribly long. Uh, surprisingly, I have I, I did almost no online gaming other than the aforementioned Star Wars and that uh, Are You Mental? That was the last online gaming I did. Um, I was I have not played D and D since what March of 2020 when uh, Eric's hmm. last at home D and D game unraveled in the pandemic um and i didn't play anything but my star wars game until uh this january when i went to winter war and then uh and then eric and i also uh, we did go to gary con and i uh 
managed to trump my new record and I played 11 different game systems in three days. Were they all RPGs? Um, Almost all of them were, yes. Wow. I played 11 different RPG systems in three days. Which is part of the reason we're doing the change because I've had that same sort of itch. Like, let's play yeah, and it was fun. different games. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. You know, I did some Cthulhu. I did, I did, got to play Star Frontiers. I love Star Frontiers. And uh, I played my first Cthulhu game. Oh, you did? And oh. had a good time. Nice. I enjoyed Yeah, I, I did a U2 can Cthulhu and then a non U2 can Cthulhu. And they mm -hmm. were all really, both of them actually had a, well, one of them had a surprisingly small body count. Uh, and the other one was a much more typical Cthulhu <laughs> game with a TPK of the party when we set off a nuke to destroy the evil thing coming through the uh, the barrier. But yeah, I was, uh, it was, I really liked jumping from table to table and learning a couple of new systems and uh, some others I didn't know about. I, we played the new version of, of uh, uh, Top Secret, which I had yeah. only played once or twice back in the new day. World Order. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there's a guy at uh, Gary Khan who always runs um, Faza Star Trek. Yeah. I have a mm -hmm. soft place. I have a soft place for Faza Star Trek. So uh, I'm hoping uh, if, you know, if I get to go again, we'll get to play in this because he uses the same characters and the same ship. So and if so, and it's uh, so he has a, a nice continuity with that. And, and he's a, he's a good game master. Nice. But that's sadly, that's kind of it. Uh, my family, we we dabbled in some board games. Weirdly, lately, we've been learning card games, um, which is odd. I actually I was going to say uh, that strikes me as strange for you. Yeah, we I've, I've been watching a lot of online poker. God, I wish they would legalize it again. But that's just a, a I, quick aside. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not, we're not poker I used to players. really we, be into poker. It was we, like a side income for me. No kidding. I was, I was a big fish in a small pond. I, I was not. A great player, but I was better than everybody I played with. So, it's all it's all in the size of the pond. Yep, yep. So yeah, we we uh, my wife introduced a game called Eighty Cent, which is a rummy based game. And actually, and Dean will enjoy this. Uh, since I never really learned how to play, actually last night my wife taught us all how to play euchre. Oh, I love. Oh euchre. my gosh! I I used to sort of know how to play, but I I just never got into it. Now going back, and we a little played bit. for like I don't know hour and a half, two hours last night. And it really? Was, uh, yeah. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, we actually had fun because it was good. the other games we were playing. There was not a lot of strategy involved. I mean, we we play Uno mm -hmm. sometimes too. My son, oddly, my my twenty one year old, him and his friends, they play a lot of Uno, but they introduce a lot of house rules, yeah. right. a lot of house rules. Yeah. I yeah. like um, euchre because it's one of the early games where you can actually keep track of cards. It's not so much counting cards right. in the blackjack you just, sense, but you're tracking cards. What is there? Only twenty one cards, and in there's the a lot fewer deck. cards, so it's yeah. a, little, a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah and I was I was actually employing some strategy. After about an hour in, I was finally kind of figuring out how to go, and and we had a pretty good split. Yeah, it was you, it was pretty fair around the table. Do you play cribbage? I do not play cribbage. Say, Euchre and cribbage are the two best card games, in my opinion. I am. You have to. Uh, I'm very surprised that you didn't play Euchre because I want to go back in time oh. a little bit. Because when Greg and I were both attending this college where this radio station is housed at, I think more people played Euchre than actually went to class. Oh, good lord! You guys played Euchre. All the time. You yeah. played on the at the table out there. Right. We uh, you played at your apartment, which was yes. You know, in the in the block closest to, to here. I, I, I learned it here in Illinois in the National yeah. Guard. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I, I remember yeah. quite a few drunken euchre sessions where How I just did you kinda, not get pulled into a game. What's a four person game? I know, and but there, there was always like, there were always four people that wanted I guess to play. So. I just know, you know, it just always I looked so. a, it always just looked a little complicated for me. <laughs> you know? Well, we'll introduce you to cribbage so. next, and then and then poker. You have money, don't you? I've played poker. I'm not a poker person. That's okay. I don't mind. I'll help you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll help you lose your money. Your money. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's that's sadly that's that. I've, we, you know, we pulled out a few board games here and there, but uh, not not too much. So my, uh, I need I need more. I need to play something different, and and maybe someday I'll play D and D again because yeah. <laughs> I have. Four thousand dollars worth of dice laying yeah, around yeah. Dice, that's not dice getting addict. used. <laughs> See, I'm glad I never, never invested heavily in dice because I don't even know where most of my dice are. They're in a box somewhere. Well, you move every six months. Yeah, I might be moving again. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, so, Eric's been a busy boy. Yeah. <laughs> so, first thing, my new tattoo, which we can post a picture online, which is actually very, very cool. It is the old school monster manual, Rakshasa, Rakshasa by David Trampier. It's yeah. pretty badass. Um, 
So is he and, still with us? No, he died in 2014. He's actually sort of a sad story. He worked for TSR, did a lot of the original artwork, including some of the covers for the original AD&D mm -hmm. books. In 1988, he left TSR and dropped off the face of the earth. People thought he was dead. Oh, wow. Um, they're not sure what, and stopped doing art. Huh. Um, they're not sure why he left TSR. He never said. He was driving a cab in Carbondale, Illinois. Oh, God. When he died. And somebody had discovered him down there prior to that. Hmm. And there was a pic there's a picture you can find online. But apparently there was some bad blood because TSR had been sending him royalty checks for his art, and he didn't even cash them. But no one knows why. It could be that Gygax was booted out around 86. Lorraine Williams came in. They started working on a second edition. And I know talking with a lot of the old school TSR people, they practically spit after they say Lorraine Williams' name. Mm. The, she was not... Not to, well liked. Not well liked by the gaming crowd. She was a business person. That's oh. what she thought her role was. And all these people had previously worked under gamers who were yeah. arguably not very good business people, but they, it was a their passion. Yeah. And then you get somebody to come in who sort of cracks the whip and and almost universally disliked among among the old school TSR not people. A but maybe that had something to do with it. That's just conjecture on my hmm. part based on the timing of everything. But sort of a sad story. You know, he he had actually been the five E had been announced maybe it had come out and he had been booked to go to a convention and oh. start to sort of cash in on on the the resurgence and he died before he could even attend the convention oh, he had man, a stroke i think well the tattoo that you had done i think your tattoo artist did a fantastic yeah, a, reproduction a, of a that guy at no regrets um tattoo oh. uh and cool. you can was contact it pain me privately was it painful I mean, that's a lot Actually, of ink. It hurts now. <laughs> like, um, it's three. I got it done on Friday. This is Monday. What is it about? And a three by still, five or something? Uh, yeah, probably about six. that. A lot of black. Yeah. I mean, it, it recreated the artwork, so there's a lot of fill back there. And it was definitely, up, especially up near the top. It's on the back of my legs, on my calf. And as you got near the knee, it's sort of sensitive there. I wasn't. It's only my second tattoo. I get them every twenty years, whether I need them or not. Um, <laughs> except when like I was a fifteen. Shot. I didn't, I didn't hey, man, get one. do math on that. You have two tattoos. Yeah, uh, I didn't get one at fifteen. Okay. You know, yeah. just uh, checking. <laughs> but anyway, so that's that's the the tattoo I got it for myself for my birthday because D and D has been a pretty instrumental part of my life. So I figured it's a, it's a good tattoo and it's nice artwork. I mean yeah. the rock and the rock shots itself. Um, is an iconic, if you look it up, it's a Hindu race of demigods, which tend to be malevolent, but on occasion have been portrayed as helpful. Um, they're shapeshifters, man-eaters, they're sort of, there's a whole lot of stuff going on with Rakshasa. <laughs> um, Gygax apparently got his version from Kolchak, Kolchak the Night Stalker. Kolchak the Night Stalker, yeah. Which is on YouTube. Horror in the Heights is the episode. Do not recommend that show enough. It is really cheesy, though. It's I 70s know. TV. I mean, that was one of, when I was a kid, that was one of my favorite shows. You mm. and Gygax. Yeah. Apparently, he loved it enough that he included the Rakshasa. Um, and then people ask me about the reverse palms because that's one of the things people know about Rakshasa. They have reverse palms, which is odd. Well, that wasn't a first edition thing. That came along oh. later, so my Rakshasa is just the regular artwork. Okay. Okay. Um, so prior to COVID, I was going to over one convention a month. I was going oh. to about 13 to 15 conventions a year. Yeah. You were kicking it out. And then COVID hit, and all the conventions ended. So I had my one home game. That died a, a quick death. Yeah. That had been going on since 2014. Yeah. So that, well, we had a doctor in the group and, you know, boom, he was yeah. gone. Yeah, he was gone. Um, I mean, not gone, gone. He right. could, yeah. couldn't attend. Could not attend. I, I, <laughs> He's still around. Yeah. I actually play with him on Friday nights. Oh, uh, cool. Didn't know that. So I eased into online gaming. A couple online conventions, which I really disliked. Playing with strangers online is not fun, in my opinion. No. Especially... 
when you can't see them and online pickup groups tend to have cameras off. Right. Yeah. So one of the rules I instituted with the games I do play online is I want to see people's faces because that's part of the feedback I get as a DM that helps me twist the adventure. I can tell people are having a good time or even when I put in that plot twist, I like to see the surprised face. You know, yeah, no, I think that's why our Star Wars flopped yeah. is because we were just doing audio. I mean, someone was just chiming in on their phone and it sucked. So I I stopped gaming for a while. I dabbled in online. I went back and forth. I tried to do some other stuff. Um, as it turned out, um, I moved to Peoria. <laughs> Shacked up for a little while with a with a <laughs> young young woman, and then uh, decided that wasn't for me and moved back. Uh, but he did while that very I was well, there, <laughs> I actually started an in person group towards the end of COVID. Like right before, uh, uh, probably in November of last year, and then realized I was moving. Had didn't know I was moving when I started the group, and said, "Well, I, you know, we're probably gonna have to." And they're like, "No, no, no, we want to play online. We like you as a DM." And like, you're like, "No way." No, so we did. We play online. So I have that group that oh, plays on yeah. Thursday nights. My son and all his college friends, who are now professionals amongst. Uh, the the working stiffs of the world scattered to the four winds scattered to the four winds they ask me to run a game for them so i run their game on sundays so i have two online games that are weekly i play in a spell jammer game uh that's pathfinder spell jammer with my old college friends mm -hmm. on fridays but that can be sporadic because our schedules Life. tend to be even worse and then if we can't play D&D because we got missing players. Uh, we have started playing Call of Cthulhu in both of my other groups. Nice. Uh, running Masks of Nyalartha Tep. And I have run some Traveler way in the beginning of COVID. So, like, I've done the online thing. I'm still doing the online thing, but it's with people I know, faces I can see. Well, it seems like you haven't slowed down in your gaming. At the beginning of COVID, I did, but you then slowed I down sort of your... ramped up. Okay, okay. Yeah, but you slowed down on your convention going. Yes, the convention going. I mean, I'm gaming approximately three times a week. I actually had another game that uh, from a kid that I played with in Adventures League. I ran, and then he's now 18 or something, asked me to join his game. And I was playing in that one for much of, of COVID, but then I just couldn't fit it in my schedule anymore. Our, our rapier practice shifted nights, and so that got... Damn rapier practice. Yeah, well, you got to know how to stab people. You know, that's important. <laughs> Some people just need stabbing. That's true. Uh, Swishy poke. That's right. <laughs> um, so, now conventions are starting up, though. Yeah. So, Gen Con, I've put in my workshops. For yep. those who remember, I run cosplay fabrication workshops. I'm attending. Are you attending, Greg? I am likely not attending. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I normally go with my whole family, and this year my family, because of the financial straits that uh, my son is in, not because he's without a job or anything, but inflation's hitting, he's like, no, I just can't do it. I just can't spend it's not that cheap. money. No. It's not right. cheap. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, my workshop's filled up in an hour, which tells me I need to raise my prices. <laughs> raise your prices to the point where they just barely fill. Exactly. Yeah. So, and I might still add a couple workshops. So I've been planning for that and adding a leather working workshop this year. You know, I, uh, we all went to GaryCon. Yep. And I had a good time. I had a great time. I had a good time. But I also did a, uh, an in-home, I would call it maybe an in-home convention where I just invited some friends over and we played for, what, a day and a half. And I found that to be almost more rewarding than going to conventions. And it kind of made me rethink this year of convention going. Matter of fact, I'm holding off on submitting events or even registering for an upcoming convention 30 miles from me because I could do the same thing at home with the same amount of people that I would normally play with. And I I hate to say that, but I think I can in, have more fun at home inviting people to come play the games that I would submit and then they bring games too. So... You may not see me at many conventions this year. I may yeah, just I'm do two a year. I'm going to cut back. There were a lot of conventions I was hitting. One, I was far more into 5th edition. I still play 5th edition, but in my opinion, 5th edition's hit the bloat stage. It has, yes. Yeah. And But that's not what we're here to talk about. No. <laughs> we could talk about that a little bit. Yeah. 
so yeah, I, I think I'm probably cutting back my convention attendance too. Or the, the big ones are still Gen Con, Gary Con, Game Bowl Con. Of course, we have Winter War that's local, and right. then our friend Dan Webb has Mage Con it's going our up. Lo- super local con in July, which is on uh, tabletop of no Table- Warhorn. It Warhorn. is on Warhorn. Yeah, Warhorn. And then there's Tabletop Central coming up in September. September. And that's yeah. the one I'm kind of holding off on because, like I said, I could keep my games at home and invite people to come play them and have just as much fun. Not that I'm saying people shouldn't go to the convention. It's just, I don't know, it's just the I way think I feel. A, a balance works best for me. Yeah. yeah I'm hoping more people uh, sign up for... Uh... MageCon. Yeah, I don't my, think I have any players in any of my games. You have one you. player in your but game. But I'm also running a non, non-typical gambit of games. I'm running a Traveler, a Call of Cthulhu, and the two Adventures League modules that I wrote that are higher tier. So that MageCon tends to have a lot of low-tier Adventures yeah. League people. Yeah. I do. Uh, I did notice something in the uh, the uh, con listing is they were running, they're running a beginner's session but it runs over the course of the weekend. And so you can come in with a group and play all weekend with the same yeah, people yeah. and sort of develop your characters and learn how to play other than just in a one and one and done. Yeah. A lot of um, conventions will do that. Yeah. Have, yeah. I, I've, I've signed, I signed up for all three of the Cthulhu sessions and last time I checked, I am the only person who has yeah, signed up. Yeah. A lot the of the Mage Con are, are based in Adventures League, D and D or, um, but that's Pathfinder. okay. You know, we we can swap. We'll suck for some people in. We'll drive them crazy. So that's pretty much what we've been doing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we all three attended GaryCon this last. uh, Was it November? March. March. Gary, uh, Yeah. Gary. They moved it from the second week of March to like the fourth week of March. They chunked it later in the month. And um, we all had a good time. And it's not about us, but uh, how do I dance around this subject a little bit? Oh, why dance? So there was a wedding yeah, at Gary there was a wedding at Gary There was a wedding at Gary Con. And it involves one person that I know I've mentioned in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this person is an influencer. And that is the topic of our conversation is influencers in games. Yeah. Um, and the person in question is... Satine Phoenix. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I have, I was pretty harsh on her last time. And I've thought to myself, was I too harsh? Like it's been a couple years. So for yeah. those who don't know, Satine Phoenix was a, a adult actress who started streaming D&D games pretty early with other adult actresses and actors. Mm-hmm. And that stream got a lot of views. You can figure, you you can reach your own conclusion as to why it got a lot of views versus yeah. other Dungeons and Dragons streams. Um, they were clothed, but you know they were pretty people, right? Um, and to be fair, Critical Role sort of has that same thing going on. They're they're talented people in terms of their voice acting skills. Yeah, that's what sets them apart, and they're actors, right? So now I did watch a few of those episodes when it first came out and I first heard about it and I didn't find it appealing to me because it was like watching one of my own games. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't it's, it's, anything grand. It's an acquired there's a, taste. There's a, it's an acquired taste. There's a generational difference. Too. Yes. So, right. yeah. So anyway, I was pretty rough on Satine Phoenix and now I feel like I'm totally justified. I should not have doubted Right. What I said. I think you went to a, a talk or a forum or something. Yeah. That so she I was had a guest gone at. to because I I don't I didn't want to pass judgment on someone without getting an opinion myself. Right. You know, you hear things, you read things, whatever. And the workshop was a joke. I mean, it was it was, was you this, know how to create a yeah. Dungeons and Dragons adventure, and it was bare bare bones i mean i went to something very similar i think three years ago or two whenever it was it was three or so many gary cons ago and i went in and had much the same experience i actually walked out about two-thirds of the way Um, now since then i figured out how to put that into words actually recently because there's she's been in the news a lot right recently and the thing that bothers me is that I respect content creators. Okay. If yeah. you are a content creator, even if it's crappy content, <laughs> and I know <laughs> some people who I won't name, 
But I respect that they've put in the effort and the time and showed creativity to add to the the array of resources and knowledge yeah. that are of, of our the, hobby. Of the three of us, you fall into that category. You yeah. have created adventures that you know, are available. And, and I'm not, you know, I'm not making any money off of it. Like I said, it's a labor of love. But to me, that's that's the stuff that matters because yeah. then somebody else can pull that and, and adapt it to their adventure or or whatever. But then you have another group, which are influencers. And it's not just in gaming. It's it's, yeah, it's in, everywhere. Uh, and some influencers are contact, content creators. You know, our friend Luke Gygax, yeah. who is, you know, arguably riding on the coattails of his father, not as much as Ernie, who's basically <laughs> sitting on the coattails and nailed them to the floor. <laughs> um, but Luke has actually has a publication out, The Lost City of Gaxmore. It was kickstarted. He had input into that, you know. So he's he's starting to, you know, walk in both streams, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think he's got some more time now, too, to, to spend yeah, on that as retired well. retired from the military. How yeah. do we define an influencer? I mean, what is a good definition for influencer in what we're talking about? Honestly, it's just how many people you reach with whatever you say. Right? It's just numbers. But is it once you reach them, are you changing the way they play? Are you changing the way they think of the game or how they – I mean – well, what are they influencing? But, but you you are yeah. putting something in their head. And that, that's not always evil. I mean, it's... No, it's, no, no. no. What, it, I wouldn't say it's evil, but when you begin to think that, okay, you are an influencer, and then you start to believe your own... Drink your own Kool-Aid. Yeah, yeah. That, that was the <laughs> phrase I was looking for. Drink your own Kool-Aid. That's when things start to get a little wonky, and that's and what this, happened. What's that movie with the spinning top... Uh, yeah, Inception. Oh, Inception. Inception. And just to get a little Inception here, we're essentially doing that now, right? Yeah. I mean, we're talking about gaming and stuff. So we're sort of quasi-influencers, but we're not real hardcore about it. Like, we don't want to make this. I don't think we're really influencing jobs. anybody. Yeah. Right. Repelling people, perhaps, but not influencing them all. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Satine Phoenix uh, came up at GaryCon because mm. she got married. It was a big deal. And there, and a wedding was officiated by Luke Gygax in a wizard's robe. And they had her their outfit. She always has these elf ears and this colored hair going on. It was very high profile. And they, they were giving away swag? Yes. They were giving away not only free drinks, but they were giving away uh, like these little uh, Funko Pop looking Dungeons and Dragons monsters and stuff yeah. like that. So I think Dean managed to scoop up as much swag as humanly possible. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention to the wedding. I was paying attention to the free stuff. <laughs> and, and it was in the bar area. So uh, like you couldn't, you, like, you couldn't avoid I walked it. by it. I didn't stay for yeah, the ceremony. I, I literally tromped right through the middle of the rehearsal ceremony on my way to a game because <laughs> they, me, the, me. the wedding party had blocked the stairwell at the top and um, the, the groom and his party were up there and I'm, and I whip around the corner and there, all these people are standing there and they're, fancy sleeveless outfits and uh, i was like oh I said, shit what am i gonna do here and, I, he, and he was actually the groom very polite he's like no 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 come on come on come on we're just waiting here no big deal and he he shuffled me right on through and there were all these people scrunched into there but uh yeah my my sole interaction with them was it was polite but to be fair it would have to be fair it was just you know human nature just to be nice but yeah, yeah. they were you they it so, was something to not be avoided and his name is jameson stone and mm -hmm. honestly i don't know that much about him except he and satine have started a game studio mm -hmm. for publishing purposes and they are a influencer team apparently well ap ap apotheosis studios well apparently they got a lot of people working for him I believe they Maybe. had a Kickstarter. That they was they had freelancers working for them. Yeah. And some of the stories started to come out that they were not all that fun to work for. Mm -hmm. And some stories where they were hired by um, other people to represent products at conventions and did not represent themselves well. Most of it fell on uh, Jameson, but some of it was Satine. And really weird stuff, like he would lecture people about how they weren't professional. Yeah. 
uh, you can find all the details online. It's, yeah, it's there's, a, I mean, even I, I don't, I didn't even go looking for stuff like that. And I ran across it pretty early. Yeah. And, and it started because one of the freelance uh, writers had submitted her stuff and then said, hey, I submitted my voucher and it's been 30 days. And the standard in most industries is net 30 days. So yeah. you submit what you're supposed to get paid for. You put in a, a bill and within 30 days you get compensated for your work. And then Jameson laid into her about how that's not how it works and it has to wait until the entire product goes to publication and then the 30 days counts. Uh, and and she, with Kickstarter, that could be years. If she was professional, she would have read the contract. And like, it was, and it just the, the tone. Was, yeah. Uh, and I, then I of course, the floodgates opened. Yes. Um, Apparently there are all kinds of, uh, uh, I don't know if it was never intended, but there's certainly a lot of people who never got paid for their work. Yeah. Or not paid what they were expecting what they, or what yeah. they normally would get for the amount of work that they submitted. And honestly, I mean, I'm sure there's two sides to both, uh, two sides of the story, but it there's a lot of people telling one side of it and it's all very similar and it's not very, uh, not very pretty. No. And honestly, unless you're Wizards of the Coast... You need goodwill in this industry. Mm -hmm. Yes. You're not going to make it with people, you know, with, with a bad reputation. There's we, too many people yeah. around putting out good content. So you need goodwill with and, your good content. And it's the industry still small enough that people know, like word gets around. Yeah. So one of the interesting things that happened is in their attempt to have some sort of damage control... Jameson immediately resigned his position with the studios and apologized and took all the blame on himself. And then Satine basically threw him under the bus. She chucked him <laughs> whole under the bus. Which is really... But, you know, she's the cash cow in this this relation. And mm -hmm. I think he knows that. And, he, and they both know that. So they're just playing the game and yeah. doing what they need to do. I mean, she did actually work for Wizards of the Coast for a while. Well, so she was that's a community... Community manager. Manager. Now, right. an interesting thing about that. So as community manager, you're supposed to represent the product to the community. And somebody mentioned this online as well. I have seen her a ton at conventions. She and I would go to the same conventions. She had like this... Entourage. Or entourage. You oh, couldn't yeah. get near her. You would think that she was Gary Gygax reincarnated, right? But even, yeah. honestly, I've met Gary Gygax. Far friendlier than Satine Phoenix, okay? <laughs> yeah. It was unbelievable, and the, the air of superiority. That okay. is something I felt also, or at least thought I, I Which, felt. to me, is the antithesis of what a community manager should be. Mm -hmm. Yes, Right. The community manager should be the person who says, hey, you want to play a game <laughs> you know, like come here, check this out. Um, yeah, even the entourage had a bit of an air about them. They I did. remember encountering some entourage at the bar. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I don't want to cast stones for, you know, if somebody's personality <laughs> isn't. I think stone gregarious. has been cast plenty stone. in this. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, well, there's been a lot of fallout. A lot of uh, people who were involved with them have disassociated themselves with them. yes uh some cruises that you know they were the uh the guests of honor or you know and what is it a couple of other uh conventions have taken yep. them off Take of them their off event the, list yeah yeah they're persona non grata at this point yeah uh, and it happened and it really did happen quickly i mean in the span of just like a couple of weeks oh yes yeah, very it quickly. blew up it blew up quick that is the internet for you uh I, mean, I haven't checked gen con the schedule yet but are they still on are their events still on gen con i, I don't know i pay attention to my stuff i don't know was that a convention they really attended though since that's not always not been I'm a sure they were there super but i don't know if i've yeah. seen them the smaller conventions i would pass them you know 20 times in the hall yeah uh so how does this affect most everybody in the world? It doesn't. No. Um, but not even it people makes in the me feel world. better that I was so critical. <laughs> and I was right. Eric does like being right. I do like being right. I, at some point, when, when I'm finally wrong, I'll let you know how that feels. I'm anticipating yeah. it won't feel that good. Yeah, you and my wife. I'm, I'm waiting for both of those to happen. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, they were. They did have a lot of events. They have zero events now at Gen Con. Yeah. 
all of their ticketed events are gone, which says something. So, so there's the rise and fall of the influencer. Yeah. Now another we I had mentioned Ernie Gygax in the past. Yeah. Here's another influencer. Now, he's he straddles the line a little bit, but he is affiliated with what they call New TSR. And Justin Lanaza, who wishes he's could rise to the level of influencer, but Justin Lanaza <laughs> is sort of an idiot guy who ran for office at one point. He owns some tattoo parlors down in North Carolina, and he's real sketch. And he discovered that apparently some of the trademarks have expired. So, oh, so he's rooting around trying to find so he crumbs that he can... Ernie, yeah. Well, they started the Dungeon Hobby Shop together right. with, with another party. I haven't been there yet. Have you guys? No. I did go, and I'll have to say, it's kind of impressive. Well, they, they do. Ernie does have a lot of connections with people who have yeah. agreed to put their stuff on yeah. display. And there's some stuff, if you if you want some uh, uh, very rare stuff, it's there for sale. Yeah. Uh, well, not all of it, but there's, a, you know, there's one guy, I think in particular, who sets out stuff that he has for sale, and it's... It was interesting, and I'm like, mm, I don't need this, nor do I want to spend that type yeah, of money for it. you can find that stuff online, right. too, though. It's just how much you will. But it was pay. very cool to see the yeah, stuff see it there. Uh, in very, very good condition. Uh, things that, you know, the, so, the history of the game. As a quick aside, one of Ernie's other friends was actually the one who proposed Dungeon Hobby Shop. Ernie mentioned it to Lanaza who then took over the idea and excluded <laughs> uh, that first friend. There's a video on oh. YouTube. I think it was either Ten Cars Tavern or somebody else. So a lot of hurt feelings, a recorded uh. phone conversation with Ernie, where Ernie basically fesses up. Ernie, Ooh. he's, I've attended a lot of stuff with Ernie. He's a nice guy, but he does not have the work ethic that his father had. Um, and he's, you know, He's not winning any Nobel Prizes in science. You know, that's, that's all I can say. He's a nice guy. I'm sure hanging out at the bar, he'd be great to drink with. Um, Probably has some good stories. He's got, well, he lives on his stories. You yeah. know, he's, he's, the, yeah. the, he's the guy who won the high school football championship and has lived on that for the last 45 years. Ah. You know, that I mean, that's Ernie. And I'm sorry to say it. I, I wish he had turned out better, but... You know, and he's a product of his generation. I sat in a game with him, and he made some comments that I was like, "Okay, that is borderline sexual harassment." Like there were some female oh, wow. player women, you know, some female players in the game, women players, and I was like, "Oh my God, Ernie, like just <laughs> shut up!" Like, <laughs> um, so, but that you know, it wasn't it wasn't blatant, but. There was just that uncomfortable yeah. feeling, mm -hmm. like yeah. So veneer of skis. Yeah, <laughs> he had a really nice dog who unfortunately passed away recently. His border collie used to bring conventions, so a beautiful dog. Um, did get to see her one last time at Gary Con. Gave her some scratches. Um, Ernie, <laughs> I was I was approaching, and Ernie's like, "Oh, I'm too busy or something." He's gonna wave me off. I go, "I'm not here to talk to you. I want to scratch your dog." <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested in the dog. Yeah, yeah, I played fetch with the dog a couple times. Uh, of course, Border Collie's infinite, infinite energy. Yeah. So, so they st they started this new TSR and tried to take over these trademarks under the auspice that they weren't being used, including some of the old symbology. You know, right. Yeah. Well, it turns out Wizard of Coast owns all that stuff, and they immediately filed a lawsuit, which is still pending in the court. It's going to take years to go through. If you go to DM's Guild, all those old publications are still for sale with the old trademark law, you know, all the artwork yeah. on there. Mm -hmm. you know, the TSR How hard is it to check to see if a trademark has lapsed or not? Eh, it's I don't know, but I if it's still being published and put for sale, there's a certain time limit has to go by where it's not being published. But then you start to get into artwork rights. Right. So like yeah. they use the Lizard Man TSR logo, which Darlene, one of the original mm -hmm. TSR artists, drew that. They tried to drag her into the lawsuit by saying that the she had re the rights had reverted to that to that artwork and that then she could sell it to them. And she goes, no, 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 no. I was an artist for hire. Like TSR paid me to do that. I gave it to them. They owned it. 
I got paid. TSR got Done. bought by Wizards of the Coast. They now own everything TSR owned. So they own it. End and she and they were I and Lanaz was such a jerk that he told her, Well, if you don't join us, I'm gonna name you in a countersuit. And you're gonna have to get a legal representative to defend yourself against this suit. Well, Darlene just had a Kickstarter to put a new roof on her damn house. <laughs> so that's what kind of person Justin Lanaza is. Mm, he's mm, he's an a-hole. Nice. Okay. So and doesn't know the difference between trademark and copyright. So oh, the latest thing that's come up with this influencer wannabe is they're re-releasing Star Frontiers. See, I knew Star Frontiers was Star Frontiers something. New Genesis. The problem is Wizards of the Coast own Star Frontiers. Yeah. <laughs> you can buy some of the old Star Frontier stuff online. So the whole thing is just absurd. And and then, of course, the guy they got to write Star Frontiers, Dave Johnson, has the writing ability of about a fifth grader. Yeah, Star Frontiers, I think, was a more of a cooperative project at TSR than some of their other works. Yeah. I was reading the backstory of that, and they they definitely, it, it you can tell that it's not the focused vision of a single creative no, genius. But they were just, I mean, Traveler was the 500-pound the yeah. gorilla in the room by that time. Even yeah. Gygax said he loved Traveler. He didn't even want to make Star Frontiers. He goes, why would we do sci-fi? There's Traveler. Um, there's a, I have to dig. Did out Star quote, Frontiers ever really? It made a much money. of a splash. Yeah. It made them. I played it. I yeah, mean, we used to play. We enjoyed yeah. Star. Yeah, we loved Star Frontiers. It, it was interesting, but it was a you know somebody else wrote it and then they sort yeah. of gave it to to TSR. So they're trying to do that. There's lawsuits. There's people, and then of course it comes out that this guy Dave Johnson is apparently a white supremacist and has all kinds of like <laughs> oh, nice. stuff memes about anti-gay, anti-Jew, anti-whatever. That, you know, typical he's, white he's supremacist. Check, he's checking off all the white supremacist yeah. boxes. So it's a whole nice. just, it's a train wreck. They've promised product. They've never delivered. They had Kickstarters. They never paid. You know, it's just, it's a scam and a joke. But that's, you know, that's the other influencer. He wants to be involved in the hobby. And he's not, he's not creating anything. Is the hobby that important that these people try and strive so hard to be something big in it i mean is it really worth it is it i just don't get it i it you know as a guy who just mind. got a dungeons and dragons tattoo maybe i'm not the one to ask <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah but would you really go to that much effort to be considered a bigwig in the community i mean honestly everybody's got to do something right fair point yeah so you know and let, let's just take a trip down historical lane. You were, well, Dean was a, a reenactor, right? So, Dean, historically, if your father in 1400 or 1200 or 1000 was a baker, what was your job going to be? A baker. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's just sort of the way it worked. Right. Well, so I don't blame someone like Luke, Luke Gygax, right? I get, I see where you're going with yeah. that. So, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. He's He's got one foot in the door. And honestly, I'm really looking forward to see what Luke Gygax's kids do. His three daughters, especially his oldest, who I think just entered high school, they are at conventions all the time. And they're the Gygaxes that are going to make an impact because they can speak to their generation. That's true. They're going to carry yeah. the torch. Luke's got a little bit of baggage, right? Mm -hmm. uh, still carried over from from his dad's days, and you know, and his, you know, of course, he's associated with Ernie, whether he likes it or not, and and he he keeps he doesn't family, say anything family. bad about Ernie, but you know, he he sort of lets Ernie do his thing. He does he does his thing. So if that's your life, and and I there's a woman, uh, Jenny Loveday, who was really active in AL. She just got married as well. Congratulations if she listens, which I don't think she does. But I've Not seen her in the middle of a convention, <laughs> and she wants, you know, she wants to be in the industry, and she has worked very hard to attain a position. Right? She writes content. She's worked in you know several different aspects. Uh, uh, there's another woman whose name I'm escaping, who was a community manager, like an AL position, then moved over to a third, uh, another game company. Uh, so those people have worked very hard. That's what they want to do with their career. I don't fault them for that. And then if somebody's undercutting you or, or selling you short, it becomes a big deal. Yeah. Right? I mean, in a small community that values 
creativity and sharing producing content or opinions or whatever that people like and appreciate is how you get that way. Not by showing up and being fancy yeah. and having an entourage mm -hmm. because classically speaking, and it's not necessarily the case anymore, but classically speaking, gamer people are used to be sort of socially on the outs. And we, we sniff that stuff out better than most people because we're used to it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that that sort of self-aggrandizement uh, is a huge. It doesn't sit well. Me. No, it does not sit well. Yeah. And, and honestly, part of it is that gaming has been a refuge for the what dispossessed, I guess, would be the word like in our generation. Disenfranchised. Disenfranchised. Is, that is there the you go. I'm looking for, yeah. um, in our generation, it was, you know, you were the geeky kid. You weren't in the sports. Right. Yeah. That those are generally who got not everybody, but generally yeah, but those our, got drawn to gaming. And now it's it's you know LGBTQ plus are a big presence in gaming because yeah. gaming tends to accept everybody. Now we there is an undercurrent of of yeah. discrimination that you find in most places, unfortunately. But still, overall, I think gaming as a community is very accepting of of differences. We yeah. just want to all sit down and play games. Interesting, you brought up the whole idea of uh, you know being the uh, refuge of nerds and geeks and such. I celebrated my mother's uh, birthday recently, and some guests came in, and some old friends of ours uh, came in, and I was introduced to the husband of someone that I knew as a youngster. And it was kind of funny because she wanted to introduce me to her husband because she still makes fun of him for playing games and D&D. And she's like, oh, you got to meet Dean because he's a big gamer. He's a geek and a nerd like you. And I'm like, oh, really? That's cool. And she goes, oh, yeah, we make fun of him all the time. We're always, you know, getting. And I could tell when he, you know, we got to talk and he's like, sure does feel good to have someone who understands what my passion was or maybe still is. Yeah. And we were talking and stuff like that. It's funny because as Greg, you pointed out, you know, it's not fun to be made fun of, no. but it's even worse when somebody lords it over you because, you know, they're part of the cool group and they're horning in on your, you know, your favorite thing. Yeah. And I don't think that uh, game people or comic book people or any of, you know, sort of classic mm -hmm. nerd subgenres put up with that. Yeah. And they're trying to tell you what they think because they think this is maybe the way it should be. Yeah. And nope, we don't, we don't take we don't take that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I guess as a wrap up, not a fan of influencers. Not sad to see when they fall on their faces no, and no. get their comeuppance eventually. I don't. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think that I've ever truly been influenced by anybody in the industry. I may consume some of their stuff that they produce, but. I've always just kind of done my own thing. Yeah, I mean, you make your own stuff. I make my own stuff. You know, it's you hear stuff; it goes in your brain. How? What happens to it after that? Yeah, but you know, like thinking that you're better than somebody else because you put stuff in people's brains. Nah, that 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 doesn't work. Yeah. So, I mean, I listen to Matt Mercer, and you know, when he's running Critical Role, and I like to sort of dissect his DMing style. And he and I have different styles. They're somewhat similar, but one thing he does way better than I do is when players first enter an area, he gives a very long description of that area. Maybe too long, but regardless, I need to do better in that area because I tend to skip that part often or give a very terse description. And I realize... I'm, I'm a guilty of the same thing. Yeah, I think. my happy ground is probably somewhere in the middle. So... so you know, um, do I live and die by what Matt Mercer says? No, but in watching him, I go, oh, you know, I could do that better. Like, he does that really well. So, That's how you influence but Then people. again, he yeah. gets paid to do that. Yeah, they, they make some change <laughs> on that. So. Yeah, yeah, so I think influencers do influence to some extent, but no one's forcing you to listen yeah, to the best. The best influencer is a person who doesn't realize necessarily that they're influencing people or not doing what they're doing yeah. 
to influence people. I think I would be more influenced by their actions more so than by their words. And Certainly. I, you know, that's one of one of my little phrases that I like to uh, throw out there every once in a while, which is, courtesy is given freely, respect is earned. Mm-hmm. Yes. So in my book, earn my respect as a, as a gamer, and then I'll start listening to what you have to say. Yeah. You know, you know. Well, and with that, uh, that's the end of our first new rebooted Grog Nerds. Where we rediscover what the hell is going on with our <laughs> our little podcast here. Next episode, we will rediscover a classic game of some kind. Of right. some kind. And with that, as usual, we like to have Greg take us out. So uh, tell me where you can find us. Well, if you want to uh, give us a game that you'd like for us to give a try or uh, find out what's going on with us, we are the Grognards on Facebook. Uh, all those other accounts we've sort of let lapse because we are old and we only use Facebook. <laughs> so uh, that's the best place to find us. All right. Until next time, I'm Dean Geigen. <laughs> until next time, I'm Dean Geigen. I'm Eric Holly, And I'm Greg Ziegler. Game on.